Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Shit Show. I'm either going to sound really sick or I'm going to have the, like, the the sexy throaty voice. <laughs> Kia ora iti whanau and uh, welcome to our first morning edition of the Shit Show podcast, which could be, is it the titular, is that what you say when the name of the podcast also describes the podcast, the Shit Show? Um, yeah, I suppose that's true. Titular. I guess. I don't know. It's too early in the morning for words. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, had a few sips of coffee. Um, just thought we'd let you all know. We're basically waking up both of our both of our households by doing this. And Squish and I were speaking about it just before we got on mic properly. And I was saying, oh, yeah, Flo and Hayden are in the other room. We're probably waking them up, blah, blah, blah. And then I get a text from Hayden going, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> But he's not even hearing the best bit. He's only hearing you. <laughs> he's only hearing me. It was just so cute. It was like, it's fine. <laughs> um, now, we did... Usually me and Squish have a bit of a chat before we get on the mic, but Nick was just giving some A-plus content. So we've started recording a little bit early because, Nick, give us a bit of a rundown on how you are first. Crook as a dog. <laughs> Cougar's a dog. He was like, I've got the man flu. Can I even say that anymore? And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure that just means like an exaggerated flu. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I took I took two tests. I spilt the first one all over the table, so I don't really trust that one. Um, so, but the second one came back negative. Um, so I think I'm okay. I only had it. The, I only had the, the C word two months ago, so. Oh, even if, though, Nick, you um, don't have COVID... You've spilt all your germs all over the table, so everyone in their household's going to have... I cleaned it up. A nice one. Now, look, can we just talk about me for a second? Yeah, yeah, okay. Lucy, (laughs) it's your turn for attention now. Go for it. No. Well, first of all, I'm in the gorgeous Wanaka um, for for a wee working holiday with my besties slash flatmates, but I do have two infected wisdom teeth, which is revolting. And Are they on the same side? No, different sides. So I've just got an oh, beautiful. So you can't even like mouth. you can't even like chew on one side of your mouth. No, and it's just classic me. I think we've talked about it before. I have quite a high pain tolerance, and I just am stubborn, and I just didn't get it looked at for too long. I was just self medicating, thinking it would go away. It's not. Um, but now I'm on them antibiotics, and I'm on them neuromoles, and um. Chilling. I'm I'm feeling good. <laughs> so Nick's sick. I'm infected. Oh, so don't feel sorry for her, everybody, because she's actually fine. <laughs> I'm actually fine. That's such a classic that's such a classic thing that 
we do. I don't know who I'm even talking about when I say we. But it's like the worst possible thing in your whole life could happen. And then you just feel the need to be like, no, but look, it's so fine. No, but it's fine. okay, though. It's so fine. <laughs> no, but actually, no, but I swear, it's, it's fine. I'm, I'll be okay. It's actually okay. Squish, two questions. First, how was your week? Second of all, what was the weirdest thing you saw on the internet this week? Uh, my my week was good. It, well, I mean, it's not yep. finished yet. Um, I had a I had a burly pie yesterday on my way home from work because I went home early. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's busy. It's busy at the winery, so... You're still liking your job? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, yeah, I do. Yeah, of course I do. Well, you can't really get on the mic yeah, and say, no, no it's, 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 it's actually it. a bit <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, but it's so fine. It's so fine. No, but I, no, but I swear, guys, don't worry about it. Like, I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> don't worry about little on me. It's so fine. Yeah. <laughs> when I ask about your week, I know you said the week's not finished. I was more meaning the week since we'd chatted. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. Now the weirdest thing, internet. Go. So the weirdest thing I saw on the internet this week was our old mate DT endorsing two candidates accidentally. Um, okay. So this is a classic. Who's DT? Because I don't know if we use the acronym. DT, Donald Trump. Oh, and, oh, sorry. Content warning, everyone. <laughs> endorsing two candidates accidentally. That's yeah. The sort of thing that only he would do. So anyway, I saw this yesterday. Jacob Rabushkin, a re- political reporter for Inside Elections, saw a post by Donald Trump saying that he was endorsing a candidate for the Missouri Republican election candidate. So the re- the Republican like primaries, I guess, are what they are, are going on at the moment. This seems fairly standard until you know that there are two Eric's running. So Jacob tweeted, the truly chaotic move here would be for Trump to just endorse Eric and let the voters figure it out. Well, can no. you guess what happened? No. On Monday evening, Trump released a statement just saying, Eric, in capital letters, like he was yelling it, has my complete and total endorsement, prompting both Eric's to release statements oh. thanking the former president and claiming the endorsement for themselves. <laughs> Fucking idiot. So, I don't know, just another day in the American Republican Party. I'm going for Eric, but perfectly honest, I hope they both lose. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. God, he's a fuckwit, but, I mean, he is bringing content. Oh, you, you just can't, it's just like, it's it's no. pure comedy. Like, I can never write something as good as what he no. just does. Does he give you sometimes, like, that, like, normie energy? Like, dad energy? No, dad's less... Online. Dad's less online. No. Chaotic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like... I mean, he's pretty out there. <laughs> he's going to listen to this as well. No, Normie is hilarious. Normie did go to Queenstown a week early <laughs> and and hates when I bring up that story. Um. Anyway, Nick, that's a great weirdest story of the week. Thank you. My one is slightly less um, fleshed out or interesting. It's just now, actually, before we get to before we before I amble on about this. I saw this on TikTok, which you actually have a story for. I deleted it. Now, why did you do that? I just thought it wasn't good for me. But then, now look at me. I'm I'm sick. So I deleted TikTok. A day later, I get sick. (laughs) So I don't know if there's a correlation, but it's probably true. It's bite dance. (laughs) It's what bite dance does to everyone. Well, Nick, it's also coincided with shit you should care about getting on TikTok. So I'm a bit offended. Yeah, so that's perfect. <laughs> My weirdest story was Northwest turning Kim Kardashian into a minion. 
on TikTok. Oh my god, I could not think Christ I got off TikTok because it sounds horrific. So Nick is one of those like <laughs> Just in the nick of time. People, shut up. That hates minions. Like Nick hates banana. I think we've actually t- Oh, Nick also hates bananas. I think we've actually talked about your hatred for the minions on here before. And usually I don't like to hate things. Like, I don't hate many things. Yeah. But fuck, I'd love to punch one of those little things. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I'd love to gobble up one of those little yellow jelly bean looking fucks. <laughs> Whoa, Lucy. Ruby, cut that out. Cut that out. Lucy gets a bit savage in the morning, doesn't she? I don't think that was that bad, but now that I've seen your reaction. It's very South Island of you. Yeah, I know. Anyway, there's not much more to this story except for literally Northwest turned Kim K into a minion. And even Kim K didn't look hot as a minion. And she could literally look hot in most things. So, yeah, I think they all went to a minion party. I don't really know, nor do I really care. But um, what I do care about... Oh, Jesus. What I do care about is Nick's first story, which you're all going to care about too... And it's to do with Formula One and the Piesco Fiasco. <laughs> the Piesco Fiasco, yes. <laughs> Go, Squishy. It is It is the silly season. Quick, so, quick. In case um, you actually, sorry, this is about you. Uh, quick preamble to this story. And not even about this story, more about Squish. I was interviewed by Simon Bridges the other day in a very random turn of events. And I'll let you know when you can go and listen to that because it's such a Fucking cheeky interview. I actually am looking forward to listening to that. And he asked me, he's been doing his research on Cisco, and he asked me about the shit show. And then he goes, and who do you do it with? You do it with your brother, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, and what do you call him? And I was like, oh, Squish. (laughs) And then he was just like, you really wanted to get to the bottom of why you were called Squish. He was coming up with all these theories. And I was like, no, I've just called him Squish since I was a kid, like giving him nothing but just wanted to let you know that you do get a shout out in that, in that interview oh i've always i've always wondered if the former leader of the opposition knows who i am so it's it's good to know when you're in the when you're in the public eye squish you just well when you're in the public ears <laughs> yeah i'll never be in the public eye and that's for everybody's benefit um anyway go off queen lucy's new obsession is formula one much to my amusement um And that means that this is Lucy's first Formula One silly season. And boy, howdy, has it been silly so far. Um, Nick, why is it called the silly season? Because it's just so so silly. Like, it's the the gap in between. It's like the winter break where all the the contracts get announced. And it's it's like a circus. Summer break? Yeah, yeah, they have. Well, it's their summer, our winter break. Which is kind of sad because the Tour de France is finished. But anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> so it all kicked off with Sebastian Vettel retiring and opening up a seat at Aston Martin. And surprisingly to most, I would say, I would say like a few days later, they announced um, fellow former world champion Fernando Alonso on a multi-year contract. Mm-hmm. That means he's leaving Alpine. Oh my God, I read that as Alpine. Yeah, it's written as Alpine, but it's Alpine because it's French. Now, followers of the sport and all these contract shenanigans would know the logical next step, but for those who are already waiting for the next story, I'll just fill you in. So Alpine have, have sponsored a young Australian driver called Oscar Piastri. Um, he's, they've sponsored him through all of the junior form, formulas, which are essentially feeder series to F1. Um, 
so he sponsored them for the past couple of years and he is widely regarded as like the next big talent in formula one he won f3 and f2 on his first tries each time um so it makes you know perfect sense for that alpine sponsored prodigy to drive for the alpine f1 team in the seat left by fernando alonso right well that's what all of us and the alpine f1 team itself thought unfortunately for alpine (laughs) oscar seems to have different ideas and he tweeted this earlier this week I understand that without my agreement, Alpine F1 have put out a press release late this afternoon that I'm driving for them next year. This is wrong, and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. Pretty interesting stuff. And it's that last line that really sticks out to me. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. Now, Nick, just before we get into Alpine's response, have you seen what Alex Albon tweeted four hours ago? Yes, I did. And he's your favourite driver. He Right now, so I'm going in a weird way where I'm watching Drive to Survive before I go back and really dive into the season, uh, the real racing seasons and their personalities off Netflix. But Alex Albon has just struck me as a really gorgeous heart, like a really nice driver. And then also... Pia Gasly is having an amazing redemption story right now. I literally cried on the plane when he won the F1 Grand Prix for Toro Rosso or whoever they changed their name to. Um, no, the Italian Grand Prix for like a, in a midfield car yeah. after being demoted from Red Bull. That was such a good race. I cried on the plane. Anyway, Alex Albon, gorgeous soul. What did, do you have Albon's tweet there? What did he, do you want to read it out? This is what he said. I understand that with my agreement, Williams Racing have put out a press release this afternoon that I'm driving for them next year. This is right. And I've signed a contract with Williams for 2023. I will be driving for Williams next year. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I'm just loving the drama, Nick. Oh, oh my God, Lucy, you will love Formula One. There's so much drama. Speaking of drama, they responded with a tweet including the phrase, we believe we're legally correct. Now, I don't know about you, Luce, but I love a saga that starts out with, we believe we're legally correct. It almost certainly means that this is going to degrade into even more of a shit show. Oh, no. I feel a little bit bad for Oscar, who either hasn't understood what his contract truly entails, or... Is just being dragged before he's even what raced for F one is having the drama. I mean, he tweeted it out himself. He's got it's not just him sitting there with his contract. He's got lawyers and shit, so and a manager. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This brings up so many questions, and it's really kicked off the F one rumor mill into overdrive. Um with like so many Charlie Day style conspiracy boards being drawn up as we speak. One of the rumors is Piastri to McLaren. Um, another is Piastri to Williams, which I don't know, probably doesn't seem that likely anymore now that Alex is signed. Um, another is Piastri to replace the Ferrari strategy team because um, it couldn't get any worse than it is now. <laughs> oh, so, oh, why have Ferrari shat the beard? Well, Luce, if probably arrogance mostly like we are ferrari and we do no wrong but they've got the fastest car and the best driver probably maybe not but a pretty good driver and they just can't seem to you know make the right decision at all Mm -hmm. anyway for the meantime if you're interested 
I've thought of some questions to ponder until we get some new information. And they're quite interesting. If he has a seat at, if he has a seat at McLaren, why haven't McLaren said anything? If he has a seat at McLaren, where is Ricardo going? Oh God, Ricardo fucking can't stay put. I know. Um, well, I mean, he wants to. Um, yeah. Has Piastri shot himself in the foot by outright stating that he won't be driving for LP next year? Like that last line in that press release, like very yeah, you know, clear cut. Final. Does Piastri just hate Alpine so much he, he would rather <laughs> not drive in it like a guaranteed seat than drive an F1? Is Alpine just staking claim to Piastri for like the upcoming legal battle? And should we be focusing our energy on something other than what colour car a person we will never meet is going to be driving in circles next year? <laughs> and Nick, but the thing is, I'm really, really a big advocate. Like you have to have hobbies. Put your energy wherever it makes you feel good. Put your energy wherever it's going to come back to you. And Formula One is waking me up this morning. So I think I think it's great that we've brought it to the shit show. Well, when you start watching races, it's going to wake you up at 3 a.m. instead of 5. Oh, true. I'll be writing the newsletter. People will be getting it, but it'll be all chaotic at <laughs> like 3 a.m. It's going to be like a commentary. Yeah. So, Nick, people in the morning newsletter have asked me um, – to do more F1 content. So if you ever feel like writing up some F1, like those questions are great, the people will love it. Okay. And I'm, I'm a man of the people, so. You are. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Okay, we're going to start speeding through at the speed of an F1 car, the rest of these stories. Because I'm aware that we've been ambling for a bit. Um, Rambling. My first, my first story. Taylor moves swiftly on her private jet. Now, squish. You um, last week brought up celeb jet, the tracking Twitter. Did I? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, the Twitter, the Twitter account that tracks all the celebrity jets used to track Elon Musk. Now it tracks a whole bunch of other people, and now it's weirdly becoming the backbone of all these like store, like these media storms. This week, we have. Taylor Swift, who topped a list of celebs with the highest CO2 emissions, um, which was put together by a marketing agency, but they pulled their data from the Twitter account, Celebrity Jets. And she apparently, or her private jet, I should say, um, racked up a total of 170 flights since January, which is 22,000. 22,923 minutes in the air, which is about 15.9 days. That's since January. And her shortest recorded flight was, I think, 36 minutes. So, I mean, this is just private private jet energy. None of us can even really probably relate to this, but it's just a case of, like, Kylie Jenner jumping on her plane for, what, mere minutes and people finding out about it and being like, holy fuck. Taylor Swift's PR team has come out and said that said that these flights weren't all Taylor. She was renting out her private jet to other celebs, I assume. Um, but I don't know. 
Private jet, a lot of time on the air, a lot of time in the air, a lot of CO2 emissions. Just another thing that the internet loves to hate, which kind of fair enough. I mean, I totally fair enough. Like, yeah, it's. I read this in the newsletter, and when I read it, I was like, it kind of comes across as like a little bit like defending a celebrity for no reason. If you get it, yeah. When I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter if she's loaning it out to other people. It's still yeah. ridiculous that the average flight time is eighty minutes. It's still ridiculous that yeah. they're even flying this so often. Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter who flies yeah. it. It's still the same amount of CO two yes. going into the air. Like, we still have to have p- paper straws. Yeah, to, to try and like counteract this stuff. Exactly. Like we're still doing plastic free July to try and do anything. And I think the best part of when stories like this come out isn't like. Oh, I hate Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian and Travis Scott and Mark Wahlberg and all these people that are flying these jets. It's that for once, not for once, but like our attention is like actually focused on just how bad private jets are for the environment. Like regardless of the celebrities flying it, I have not spent much time thinking about just how bad private jets are. And now... Because of this marketing agency, I mean, they did, they're probably working on behalf of some get rid of CO2 company or whatever, but they did a fucking good job because now I'm like, damn, like fly economy with the rest of us or just be like Greta Thunberg, get on a boat. Zoom. How about that? Yeah, just zoom in. So anyway, Nick, my first story is about private jets and Taylor moving swiftly. What is your second story, Dal? I mean, not going to lie, if someone offers me a private jet, I am going to take it. I mean, we are we are mere we are merely human. As long as it's champagne. Anyway, um, my next news story is about the first grain ship leaving Ukraine since the war began. So no, this could be this was actually going to be my good news story, but I thought I'd just use it as a normal one. Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. If there's not a company called Ukraine in Ukraine, then I'm going to be very mad. Um, so the first ship, oh, the first ship, the first. <laughs> I just had a coffee and it's... Did you say shap? I said shap. It could be shat. <laughs> That's cute. That's actually a cute word. Shap. So the first ship carrying Ukrainian grain, or Ukraine, set off from the <laughs> port of Odessa on Monday under a deal brokered by the United Nations and Turkey that is expected to release large stores of Ukrainian crops to foreign markets and ease a growing food crisis. So the cargo ship Rizzoni left Odessa carrying more than 23,000 tonnes of corn um, destined for Lebanon. Turkey's Defence Minister Halusi Akar said that Rizzoni was expected to dock Tuesday afternoon in Istanbul at the entrance of the Bosporus Strait, which is a waterway that goes like straight down the middle of Istanbul. If you've ever seen photos of Istanbul, you'll know that there's like a big waterway that goes in between them with big bridges. It's like the split in the differences between Europe and Africa uh, and Europe and Asia. And it connects the Black Sea to the Mediterranean, so it allows all of that area around the Black Sea access to to the Mediterranean and therefore the rest of the world. So it's very important. And joint teams of Russian, Ukrainian, Turkish and UN officials would board it for inspections or whatever. So the way that this deal sort of works is that Ukraine didn't sign anything with Russia um, directly to allow this. Ukraine signed a deal with Turkey, who was an ally of Russia, who in turn signed the deal with Russia. Um, And also, worryingly, Russian attacks on the port of Odessa haven't stopped because of this. But the grain ship got out, and it opens opens the door, at least. 
So Ukraine, this is important because Ukraine is the fourth largest corn exporter in the world. Um, so the so the possibility of exporting it via ports is a colossal success in ensuring global food security, um, Ukraine's Minister of Infrastructure, Alexander Kabrakov, said. The Black Sea region has long been known as like the breadbasket of Europe. The holdup of food shipments because of the war has worsened rising food prices worldwide and threatened hunger and political instability in like developing nations. Ukraine's infrastructure ministry said that 16 more ships, all blocked since the beginning of Russia's invasion in February, are waiting their turn in the port of Odessa. So that's pretty good news. They're, they're starting to ramp things up again. That is good news. Also, I mean, not good news that the port is still being targeted and seems like quite a likely, seems like we're going to get a news story quite soon about um, grain ships that maybe haven't made it out, but let's hope not. Also that the ship's called Rizzoni, which is like a type of pasta. I may have pronounced that wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Rizzoni. That is good news. And look, that may find its way into tomorrow's newsletter, Squish, because I think the people will want to hear about that. Okay, I was going to say in less good news, but actually this is probably kind of good too. I don't know. Killing people is always a weird thing to be labelled as good. But Nick, did you hear that the leader of Al-Qaeda is has been killed by the US? Yeah, yeah, I did see that. So Joe Biden, for anyone that has missed the story, it's not a very long one. Um, Joe Biden confirmed that the CIA has killed the leader of Al-Qaeda in Kabul while he was standing on the balcony of a safe house. So the leader, Ayman al-Zawari, uh, has been Al-Qaeda's most senior leader since 2011, Nick. He was one of the masterminds behind the 9-11 attack, and he was also the world's most wanted terrorist. So the US are probably patting themselves on the back right now. I I find this a really weird one to comment on because obviously this is a terrible person. Um, I think the only sort of thing that I want to mention is that the drone strike didn't touch or hurt anyone else around the leader. So I think that is a testament to whoever were working on the technicals. It's a weird one to comment on, but like I'm not naive. I do understand that this was an important thing, especially considering he was one of the masterminds behind 9-11. But then also it's interesting because the US obviously pulled out of Afghanistan, which was a big symbolic moment, but that obviously doesn't mean that their eyes, you know, were taken off what's happening in Afghanistan. So anyway, that's just that's just a little bit of I just thought it was kind of big news, kind of interesting news that maybe we should chat about. Before I got off TikTok, I saw this video of like Obama, Trump and Biden announcing they've killed different terrorists. And Obama was like this beautiful, eloquent, like, you know, this is restored you know, it's one step closer to global peace. Trump was like, he died like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Biden was just like reading off a teleprompter. <laughs> oh, is that not just It was that? actually, it was actually pretty funny. Not, not funny content, but. No. Just, but it just makes you realize how crazy it was <laughs> for a while there. Oh, my, yeah. He died like a dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, Nick. He even moved his head in a funny way. He did. Like a dog. <laughs> you should stay on TikTok because that's like 
great context and content for all of us. I want you to stay in touch. And I love the TikToks you send me. Yeah, I know. I know, but it was... Maybe I'll have to get back on. That's bad. Yeah. You're an enabler. Well, no, it's not bad if you... Like, I, during the day, never go on TikTok. It's only once my workday is done, in bed... And well, actually, sort of now I'm trying to make some for sure you should care about someone a bit more. Anyway, come follow our TikTok if that wasn't a good enough selling point or if that sold it for you. I don't think it would have. Nick, give me a good news story, please. Have you seen the Shawshank Redemption? I have seen the Shawshank Redemption. Well, basically, a lady did a reverse Andy Dufresne. Um, so a woman in Florida crawled through 300 feet of stormwater drain to rescue a cat. Oh. Lindsay Bimbley uh, told WPEC she heard the kitten crying for help on Sunday. Firefighters arrived on the scene but couldn't pull the kitten out. Um, Bimbley said she left food for the kitten and made several tries during the week to grab it, but it kept running away. I didn't want him to die down there, Bimbley said. This isn't what rescue is. It's not out of the ordinary. It's the kind of thing that we do on a regular basis. Jones call- crawled through 300 feet of feces, spiders, and cockroaches to rescue the feline. His rescuers have named him Donatello after the purple-wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle who lives in a sewer in the cartoon. Oh, no. Now, that's a, that's a happy ending. But I've done enough confined space courses after working in wineries to know that this is a really, really bad idea. Like, there are so many different ways to, like, make the story a really, really bad news one. But luckily, Lindsay and Donatello made it out okay. But I wouldn't recommend going down storm drains. You can get asphyxiated so so fast. Oh, and, and also, you don't know what's down there. Also, like that's just horror movie vibes. Like, have you seen it? Yeah, like there could be a clown down there. <laughs> hey, Georgie. Oh, yuck. Hey, I'm Lindsay. So, I'm scared that I even see that. Hey, Donatello. <laughs> Well, anyway, Nick, I'm sad that you didn't even tell the people the absolutely phenomenal title you gave this story. Oh, The Portion Redemption. Yes, Nick is oh, the king yeah. of writing the most gorgeous headings and then just burying them when we get on pod. Just our humble king over here. I just get so keen. I, I don't know how to start. I can't just... It's not like writing a story that you publish like, on the on the line yeah. where you put the heading and it's there and that's what everyone starts with. When you're speaking it, you can't just start by saying the Porshank Redemption, <laughs> like you're reading a book. You you totally can. I'd be really into that. Um, Nick, I think I think Friday's newsletter might be a special squish edition. I've just thought of that now then because you've actually given some great stories here, and I just think with the titles and with the content, it's too good to just be. Audio. It's, it's got to be. It's got to be for the rest of the people. Oh well, we'll do some. We'll do some silly season contract negotiations after this. Oh yo, um, everyone. As per usual, it's been a blessing to be in your ears, Nick. I'm loving doing the morning record. Yeah, I don't know if everybody else in the house has enjoyed it, but yeah, it's actually worked out okay. <laughs> well, Hayden told me it was fine. <laughs> it's fine that you're doing a good job right now. <laughs> Hayden told you 45 minutes ago that it was um, fine. It may not be fine anymore. No, no, I'll make him a coffee for when he gets up. But everyone, um, I would say you can find Squish on TikTok. You absolutely cannot, but you can find him behind the shit show Instagram. He will reply to your DMs if you have like news stories to send him or yeah. just feedback. I like um, replying to the DMs. 
Yeah, I love having you there community managing the shit show area. I will say it is really funny. Sometimes I read through them and what you've said and you're oh. really funny. Like you're really funny. You can find me on the other side of the morning newsletter and maybe you'll get some special squisher dish newsletter content. Oh, Nick, I'm obsessed with that name that I've literally just thought of. Yeah, that's actually a good one from you. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Um, otherwise, please come and become a Cisco supporter so that maybe one day, well, no, we will still be recording this in the morning in the bedrooms, but like maybe one day we can do it in Louis Vuitton coats. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was thinking about it this morning. I've got my Patagucci um, sweatpants on <laughs> and also a Patagucci jumper. And it's the yeah. coziest I've ever been recording a podcast Literally. before. It's, it's Honestly, it is a vibe. I'm in bed. I'm wearing, like, tartan flannel pajamas and resting the microphone on my laptop and just balancing the coffee, hoping for the best. Anyway, Ruby's going to be pissed off because when we amble at the end, when we post amble, Mac, we just go on. So shall we just call it a day? Yes, have fun, Ruby. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We love you and matiwa. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.